So, Nathan. Yes. I've got a wild idea. Are you are you thinking what I'm thinking? Oh, of course. I think that we record ourselves talking about D&D. Instead of just talking about D&D for our own benefit, we record it and then post it on YouTube. What a strangely unique and never thought of before idea, sir. Right? Right? I feel I feel really good about it. It's so crazy it just might work. It just might work. All the names that suggest excellence are taken, I think. We could be the fumbling failures. I don't I don't have the most self-esteem. It's it's probably best to conserve what's left. We are all natural and there's two of us. We're not we're not 20. We're not critical we're not critical success. I think there's a show pretty close to that name, by the way. Yeah, roll roll a crit or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's it's pretty. It, I think some people follow it. Natural, natural two, natural two. I think that's fitting. So, what should we talk about first? Well, I guess we can talk about what we do practically every week between our games, and that is indulging both you and I's need and fascination to play more D and D than any reasonable human being should one 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 night is just not enough uh i'm looking for that long-term commitment mm-hmm. it, you might say it's what i'm thinking of i need a way to play D when i'm not playing D uh and you have gone above and beyond to facilitate that yeah i uh definitely didn't need to pile more workload on top of my dm prep but uh the results that we have gotten from our various outings are hopefully worth it. We've never talked about making any of that available publicly. That's always been just for the gang. Mm-hmm. For our own fleshing out of our world. But if we're going to talk about it, it almost seems like we're obligated to give people a peek. Yeah, if only there was some sort of wiki-based system for my world that also has various stories and manuscripts attached to it. That might be a fabulous idea, sir. Something for the the description, perhaps. Link in a link. Yeah, it's it's underneath the the bell and the thumbs up button. Mm-hmm. Does the bell really matter anymore? I hear that that's a an outdated plead for approval i mean if you if you see a bell how can you not ring it like if you walk into if you walk into a space if you go to a hotel now that uh the zombie apocalypse is winding down and see one of those ding-a-legs on the counter do you really not want to smash it Better yet, in a D&D context picture a party entering a room with nothing but a bell I don't think it'd be long before that bell was rung. Would it, or would there be a two and a half hour conversation about guys? We can't touch that. Can bell. I incite the bell, please? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the situation that we are involved in is: I am the DM of, I guess, long term game is what you'd refer to it as. Our game's been going for a year and a half at this point. James is a player in this campaign and very much one of the players that thoroughly enjoys the world and not just the story which is 
a godsend as a DM. The best way, as far as my experience, to play D&D between sessions is to do little written short stories or write-ups or descriptions. And while you can do this by yourself pretty effectively, like if you were doing a character's backstory, it is enhanced by having a second person participating in that, whether it's the DM or another player, which I think doing it with another player, writing that is, is the less, like, familiar or regularly used aspect of this at least the less talked about yeah from what i can see mm-hmm. our desire i like to think it's not just me <laughs> to keep playing even when we're not playing uh the idea i would almost describe it as like instead of just writing your character's backstory and then throwing that away, forgetting about it, never looking at it again, never going through that exercise again. It's just something you do for session zero and then uh, it's over. I, I feel like you could think of it as constantly evolving backstory. Like you're, you're, you're writing new, you're updating the backstory in between what's happening in session but there is a lot of transactions that i've seen you and the other players have between each other in either our discord downtime or actual one-on-one write-ups that really helps cement the relationship that the characters have in game whereas when you're put on the spot in a session and you're forced to come up with this like dialogue between two people naturally it can help but also can hurt where things are miscommunicated or the exact response that you want, it doesn't quite come across. So that's what I like to see whenever you guys talking about the players do a write up or do some sort of deep dive is it allows thought out depth to occur versus the kind of what's the, the word I'm looking for uh, improv that you normally have to do to make these relationships work. The, the literary term, I need to get some glasses without any lenses that I can push up on my nose. Uh, A literary term could be subtext. Mm -hmm. It creates more deeper meaning behind some of those conversations that take place during session. Um, Because you've just got... I mean, we've... In doing this, we have... Have we doubled the shared sort of history uh, of the characters and of the world through this? Like, I'm not saying there's literally double the <laughs> content. It's not like there's, you know, another hundred hours of of stuff that isn't on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But just the, well, there again, just the, the, the subtext and the, the relationships that don't make sense or might even be kind of boring to for other people to try to play out and form all over Roll20. Mm-hmm. Uh, but make perfect sense for this more slow-paced, thoughtful exercise. Yeah, I think one of the really big benefits of doing something like this is you can really kind of get self-indulgent to a degree. Like, if you're a player that really enjoys your character, which every player should, mind you, then 
it's difficult sometimes to not have the spotlight or to not be actively involved in what's going on in the game or at least kind of like tampering down some of your main character syndrome because I think everyone has that to an extent. So when you do write-ups like this or exchanges with another person where the focus is either directly on your character or your character in kind of a side problem or incident, it allows you to scratch that itch that otherwise would just kind of get tossed to the side. And uh, there's, I've seen more discussion about uh, playing as a duet or one-on-one D&D. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for in the, in the interest, I love that idea. And I have, I've done that. It's one of my favorite ways to play uh, except for all the other ways to play. But <laughs> um in the interest of narrowing our focus, this isn't quite that. Like, we're not using a battle map. The dice rolling has been minimal, although we'll talk more about that, I think, mm-hmm. about why that has been or whether that's something that could change. It's it's a lot more for nerding out over story, over role play. Or really looking at a relationship between two characters with a microscope. What drives you to come to me or come to another player and go, hey, I want to do this? Because I know from a DM side that I'm just almost like blanket accepting or approving of any concept that's thrown my way. Because I'm always excited to dig deeper into things or explain things or do a bunch of lore dumping that I don't usually get to do. But from a player's aspect, what drives you to, instead of just being like, oh, you know, that'd be a fun idea, to actually, like, going for it and asking someone to flesh this entire thing out with you? So I, uh, in the first place, am definitely not kidding about looking for ways to play when we're not playing. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, D&D is my A1 hobby. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into that tiresome stuff of like i'm an adult with responsibilities like <laughs> nobody wants to hear that we can't play 24 hours a day sadly uh so this this gets this this keeps that drip feed going uh and also keeps keeps the energy up between sessions for me mm-hmm. um it really cuts down on that feeling of like sitting down on game night and thinking like wait what were we doing in the second place, I am a role player's role player, if I say so myself. I really climb inside any whatever character I play. I that's the f- big part of the fun for me is um doing my level best to make this individual real. So I'm always thinking about what, you know, when they got back from that horrible fight where they almost died, what did the rest of his night look like? How did he unwind? Or if he had a chance to really tell this person what was on his mind, what would he say? And I don't remember uh, since since joining this group and joining your game, I don't remember which one of us said something first about doing it. I can't remember what our first write-up was, to be honest. We've done a lot of them at this point. Well, so 
I don't want to. I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent. <laughs> we had been doing a lot of world building back and forth. Yeah, you would ask me questions about my dude, and I would answer them, and then I would get an idea and say, you know, hey, as Lord of the Universe, you, is there room for this concept in mm-hmm. in my character's uh, sort of space? And I I, I want to say that it just sort of evolved out of that. And it was yeah. like, you know, instead of this passive sort of sending notes back and forth, let's just let's just write. I think uh, that's probably a whole other topic that we have a very lengthy conversation about just centralizing around players fleshing out a world versus just the DM. This is a concept that I really like and I really want to have it be more prevalent in the D&D or tabletop role playing community because so often you find that it's like the players are, oh, it's it's the DM's world, it's the DM's baby, I don't want to touch it, I don't want to mess anything up. But it it is so much more colorful to have players deciding some rather minor or major points about your world. I think the majority of our earlier conversations was all around folk, which is the kingdom that your character comes from. And while the party had never been there yet, we hadn't explored that part of the world yet in the campaign, you and I were fleshing it out in the background. You were discussing how certain different social events could be handled, the various yeah. wars and... Yeah. yeah. So that just eventually evolved into actually writing out more specific details or a more personalized view of it. So that's that might be the best way to approach something like this if you are bringing it to a group that doesn't normally do something in this regard. Like, if you play in a game that just shows up once a week and have some good times and then basically disperse before the next session comes around, I imagine it would be somewhat difficult to slip this idea in there. But if you present it to your DM or potentially even another player as let me lighten the world building load or let me help like clarify some details that we haven't gone over. That might be a good way to introduce it to someone who potentially is a little bit hesitant on it at first. That's a great point. And uh, for, for me, it's, it's some concentrated dorkiness to get me through the week, but it would also be like you're describing a great way to, give somebody some training wheels. I have seen discussion online on a regular basis. How do I get my players to role play? How do I get them to think in character? How do I get them to have characters that are more than their combat abilities? Uh, I've got, I've got a new player that doesn't, uh, that's ever role played before on and on and on. And there's a lot of anxiety when you're at the table face-to-face to improvise conversation and behavior uh, to say nothing of actually making it like compelling and good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this would be a way to explore that in a much lower pressure circumstance. A uh, somewhat personal example in our game that I think would help kind of frame what you're talking about is if we're speaking of Thor, 
which is a character in our campaign who is the somewhat stereotypical, dumb, goofy kind of Goliath barbarian figure. And he has a lot of depth to him, but you don't get to see it very often in the actual game and like session to session. Do we need I... to get him to sign a permission slip <laughs> before we talk about him? Uh, I think it's it's applicable and we could always, you know, walk back certain statements that are made. I'm not saying anything derogatory about Thor, but there are times where Thor is player. We have a, a group discord that, you know, we help organize the game and keep notes and passings back and forth. In that discord, we have a, a channel that is dedicated to what are the characters doing between this session and next session or what were they doing during the five days of travel that we didn't actually put on the books. And there has been multiple times that the player that plays Thor shows a deeper, more thoughtful side of that character that doesn't come up in the actual session. And whether that's because like he now has time to really think of a response or having it written out allows him to see a point or follow a point through, it is fun or honestly inspiring to use maybe a potentially over-exaggerated term to see that side of his character because we don't get a lot of it in the game so that would be kind of what you're speaking of taking someone who either is hesitant to role play or doesn't enjoy like going all into like a goofy voice or being in character at the table allowing them to take their own time and their own space and their own head to put out a thoughtful version of who their character is might surprise you as to what's kind of below the surface or hiding in the background most of the time. What, as from the DF side, what are you... What are you looking for in a, in a logistical sense? Or what, what do you feel like you need to do to be prepared? Ooh, that's a, that's a difficult question. And I think some of it's not going to apply to everybody because our game is rather serious uh i would imagine more serious than most other games it is initially somewhat daunting to have all these other plates up in the air as you are still running the game i find myself whenever we do a write-up or an interaction when we cover some lore bit or we have some mention of a like another character that we haven't really touched on in a while like feeling a bit of panic like oh do i have this right did i get the dates right did i you know represent them correctly because usually in our write-ups we're touching on people that we haven't given a lot of screen time to otherwise and while that is interesting to see those different characters or like mess with people in like the caravan who's otherwise just a blank npc it adds to the load of trying to keep all these different personalities kind of present in your mind but I think with people that run a more relaxed game or aren't so precise about like not wanting to mess up their lore or override something they've already said, you really could just go into it with a bit more like levity or enjoyment versus feeling a bit more weighed down by it. But to try and actually concisely answer your question... All that I'm really looking for is to let the player kick around in their sandbox and get what they are looking for out of it, which 
in a broader sense, is my goal with every session that we play in the game as a whole. Have the players and the characters actually go after what they're looking for and seeing that and having fun. So what what do you do or what do you know you could do to avoid to avoid this adding uh, a lot of extra prep time? Because prep time is one of the big... Mm-hmm concerns for a dm if that is a like big concern for you then you could just constrict these write-ups or these in-depth i don't know interactions of your characters to really non-essential things right them just interacting with a shopkeeper or having a dialogue with an established character on the road and just not really meaningfully adding to the story or the lore or the actions that are coming up so that you don't have to worry about it impacting the game. I, to an extent, try to keep this in mind. There isn't a lot of really big story beats that we either progress or cover in our write-ups most of the time. But if that is something that, you know, is daunting or something you don't want to deal with on a regular basis, then just make it a light interaction that's still meaningful to the player and still adds to the world at large, but doesn't add to the prep time that is such a, a monster to most people. I think it's also from from my side, I start one of these interludes is the word I keep using <laughs> with an idea. Like a, it's not it's not just all right, let's let's write this week's description of what them sitting around the campfire is like. I have a specific conversation that I think would be interesting or dramatic mm-hmm. uh, or a specific character that I want to talk to more. Um, that And I'm starting from an actual idea. It, it's not just getting together the rest of the week to write about, you know, what they're eating. Uh and stuff like that it's 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 not minutia mm-hmm. um so there's no bookkeeping it's sort of like we're writing our own fan fiction yeah uh f- given that like the kind of topics that are covered and the situations that that are a little more uh a little more subdued or a little a little more calm like no no monsters have been fought or treasure found or or anything like that uh in the in the pure like d and d gameplay sense, the game has not progressed, mm-hmm. but the narrative has so if you have a very if you have a game where the narrative is very important to the group or is a big part of the fun, if you have some really big fans of your characters and your world then yeah you can you can write your own fan fiction it makes it real mm-hmm. like i i vastly prefer this to writing the backstory in fact as a side note i think this is probably a superior way to do a backstory before the campaign has even started mm-hmm. get together with the dm and literally write the backstory back and forth i could write stuff about my own character all night but it's not real unless the creator of the universe uh, gives it the stamp of approval. Yeah, uh, true enough. So uh, now I get to establish things uh, with the DM that are 
true uh in you know in our in our fiction the canon the word is canon mm -hmm. it's canon that yeah, i think it's a really appropriate way of contextualizing it is you are writing fan fiction and then i guess the the original author is waving their magic wand and bringing it into canon it honestly would be a rather fun way to do a character's backstory though it would be a lot more involved than usually just asking someone to bring stuff to you because i think it, it touches on again that concept of when one person is dictating every decision like doing your own write-up or kind of mulling over your own character's intentions and ideas you only have one perspective you only have one way to attack that problem or that idea but when you add even just a second opinion to the mix or just another person to sound off of it not only makes it real in a canon sense but makes it real and like a resonating with yourself kind of feeling or degree and i think that's more what i imagined you got out of it versus like progressing things right like i knew that you'd come to each write-up with an idea or with a certain intent in mind and i thought that my job was mainly just placating that idea getting it fleshed out and like letting you i guess like mold it with my supervision but it i think it more comes down to getting an interaction with somebody else that you couldn't have achieved otherwise right which might be the better way to kind of approach it going forward so from a mechanical sense there's there's been very few i think i've volunteered some dice rolls mm -hmm. uh from my pers from my end which is actually uh it's not actually the best etiquette the dm should be the one calling for dice rolls but you and i have a I, we're we're on the same wavelength. And I have a, I... a hot take, not to interrupt you. I've heard advice before that players should be the one that dictate when they roll a check. Like, I will roll athletics to attempt this versus the DM asking for an athletics. And again, this could be its whole other topic. But I love that initiative, right? Like, there's been times in our game where something happens and you already have rolled intimidation. And I'm like, perfect. I think it helps keep things flowing better and also allows the game mechanics to mold with the narrative really well didn't mean to interrupt you there but that's a hot take that we're certainly going to cover at some point that's so. yeah that'll be another video i guess so but <laughs> check check with your dm your mileage may vary <laughs> yeah anyway during some of these i've volunteered some dice rolls because it felt appropriate because i was actually trying to use an ability <laughs> or influence the character in a in a pretty specific way mm -hmm. but they've been few and far between and maybe we can talk about what role the actual mechanics of the game can have if you feel like that's important good uses of dice rolls and, and abilities and what makes sense we've already talked about how like this there's no so far there hasn't been any combat mm -hmm. in in game terms there've been social encounters mm-hmm um, you could do combat, but it would have to be purely for a narrative purpose. Yeah, that would be really weird if you showed up at the next session and it's like, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> I had a fight yeah. go bad <laughs> while we uh, were apart. Mm -hmm. You guys have I've... to come find me. So the initial way that I would try and introduce this to people as a concept or as a group that doesn't usually do stuff like this is I I might get this wrong, but I if I remember correctly, the DMG includes 
uh, a lot of tables for downtime and certain activities you can take and you know what that looks like and how it looks. I just said the same thing twice. But I, if I remember correctly, and I may be getting this wrong, it also includes tables for like what degree of success you manage or what problems or implications show up as you're going about your downtime. Some of them make you like spend a certain amount of gold or like get a level of exhaustion, things of that nature. That would be how I would begin baby stepping yourself into something like this. And that already is using dice rolls and mechanics to guide the narrative where otherwise you as a writer or a player or a character would have to make those decisions balance as you possibly could. The example that we've done that I would use is the vision that you had where I asked you for a list of dice rolls basically wrote that narrative for me. I had basically I just made a little line or a uh, scoreboard, so to say, so to speak, you know, here's what happens. If it goes good, this is what progresses. If it goes bad, here's how this progresses. And then I just took your dice roll, which was a mixture of uh, like dexterity saves and wisdom checks. And I think like attack rolls as well. Attacks, yeah. Yeah. And then I just used that to guide, you know, how successful you were, how it looked or, you know, how far you managed to get. And it ultimately also dictated what the outcome was like what actual benefit or reward you got from it where it was a sliding scale of not getting a message at all to getting a more clear and decisive message that would be my favorite application of using mechanics in this kind of we really should come up with a term but i keep using write-up is if you find yourself lacking in the decisiveness to like figure out how successful one person is or, you know, how far they can get in a, I don't know, a story beat that they're kind of like trying to track down or explore. Just use pretty loose dice rolls. The exception that I would point out, and this I think is a pretty understood ruling for most D&D tables and games, is if a character is set upon succeeding at a task and has like an unlimited amount of time or a reasonable amount of time, to keep trying at this task, there's no real need for a dice roll. You could potentially flavor it as, oh, you try for hours and hours and hours and finally succeed. But if you're telling a story, it's usually a lot easier to simply go, you know, you've done this a million times. You're just asking for directions. I don't need you to roll an insight check to see if the directions are good or not. So I would use your common sense like you would as a DM in a game and ask for dice rolls where you think they apply and let them fly or be loose where they don't. This is one of, uh, this is a great opportunity for one of my favorite house rules, which is if the stakes are not super high, if they're not life and death, then maybe it's enough for the character to just have proficiency. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing an, an interlude is the word I, I keep <laughs> coming back to um, or using your real life downtime for game downtime. If your character is being stealthy in one of these situations, if they're proficient in stealth and they probably wouldn't end up locked up or killed if they got caught anyway. So they're, you know, the, the consequences of failure are not game changing. Mm -hmm. Then that could be something else. Uh, um, that you could consider. It, you're proficient, so you'll get there. Yeah. 
versus you're trying to do something that you're not proficient in. So you get a, a one shot at beginner's luck, and and if you don't make it, this is going to go a different way. As a player, that was pretty exciting because I didn't even we hadn't even talked about it yet. Mm-hmm. What what that scene was going to be? You just asked me on Discord for this list of like eight different roles. And I knew something crazy was coming. Uh, so that was that was exciting to uh, anticipate that. This topic really only involves DMs and players that are truly invested and are already at a level with each other where they want more. Where you're leaving a session wanting to continue, wanting to progress, wanting to explore the world in a more meaningful way. It's not for players that are you know, barely keeping notes or barely show up or kind of, you know, forget major plot details occasionally. You do have to find the right people to apply it with. But once you do, it is immensely fulfilling. I think uh, a good example, I sent you a message on Discord and I said, uh, I'm going to a brothel. <laughs> yep, I remember And you that. were like, okay. Mm-hmm. I think that you knew that I was not asking you for ERP mm-hmm. based on our, our established relationship at that mm-hmm. point. Um, but now, however, I just know that it's, it's just asked for subtly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it just, yeah, I'm going to a brothel. It's mm-hmm. going to be dramatic. It's good. There's going to be character development. Um, it's actually completely safe for work. For the record, to your point, there's a level of uh, respect for our own characters and our own story that already exists. Like this is probably this may not this may not also be the easiest thing to start with a brand new group. This came this came about we started really doing this habitually after we had already been playing for months yeah at least a couple months probably for the for the players that don't for whatever reason it's not for everybody you know and it's not a slight if it isn't but for the players that this is not fun for them or they're not that interested how do you involve players that do find it fun without making the the members of the group that aren't doing this kind of thing between sessions start to feel like NPCs in their own game or like second bananas. Uh, that's a really nuanced part of the conversation that I don't think I've really even pinned down fully yet. I imagine that it's a pretty common situation in people's games where you have players of varying seriousness or involvement where you might have one or two players that are just like ravenous for D&D and the game and the content you provide. You might also have two or three players that are just kind of showing up to check the box and then going about their lives. And to be clear, neither of those ways are wrong or right or better or worse. They are just two different ways of approaching a hobby that is vast in how you can play it and how you can enjoy it, right? Whenever you give D&D advice or whenever I give D&D advice, which is rare, I try to make that abundantly clear that I don't judge anything with an iron fist. Besides like really extreme actions, like being an absolute 
degenerate at a table or throwing the whole story out of whack for your own sake. Those things are pretty full stop bad and not, you know, a good way to play D&D. But as far as the reasonable uh, approaches to this hobby, that's something that I don't think you can ever fully get around. Because, again, using our game as an example, because something that I'm going to find a limiting in these discussions is the only long-term game, the only meaningful D&D game I've played in is this game. So all of my advice and my perspective is coming from this one very lengthy example. I'll give myself at least that. There are players in our game that don't engage at the same level as you and I. And that's not bad and that's not wrong, but there are times where they miss certain smaller beats that like were mentioned in a write-up or were discussed about out of character or were uh, maybe just very briefly referred to at one point and now it's becoming a bit more focused. And I don't think you're ever going to fully cure that problem. The best solution that I would try and if actively kind of trying now is keeping up a group discussion throughout the week that is driven by the players and not the DM. Because at least from my perspective, trying to be inside the player's head, if I start off each week, you know, we play our games on Sunday, so Monday morning I wake up and I type a message, hello everybody, here's your homework for the week, get back to me with all these details I want. It comes off less inviting than if a player is like, yay, you know, there was this cool thing said last week, or there's this cool thing coming up. Let's, like, talk about that. That would be the best way to include people that are a bit more passive in the game, because it's, I don't know, a bit more natural thing to, like, shoot the shit with your friends, to just discuss a hobby that you both enjoy, whether or not the energy levels are matched. You're at least involving someone who otherwise would be fully removed from the more in-depth stuff that we kind of get into, if that rant at some point answered a question yeah i i think that uh from the player side of things um <clears throat> there are things that a player can do about this too mm-hmm. you know if you really want to be a good player in your group and add add to the group um you don't need to leave it all to the dm either you can be a co-conspirator uh you can um you know we we were the first ones in our group to do this and we did a couple of these downtime downtimes and then shared with the whole group to read and that got everybody sort of interested and once they saw what it was then i as a player could go to another player and say you know well it we we uh our characters had this conflict during the session let's play that out you know our 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 guys go for a drink and hash this out uh and then we'll give it to the rest of the group before the next session that's that's another useful side note probably is that it's best done in situations when the group has split up for some reason mm-hmm. you don't want to be in a situation where you're trying to include characters whose players cannot participate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that pro- probably goes without saying, but just in case, mm-hmm. uh, this is really good for... Everybody else went to bed, but our characters mm-hmm. sat up around the fire or went out drinking together or whatever. To bounce off your point real quick, I think it is criminally underrated or unrepresented. That's, that's the correct term. 
the fallout of events, right? Like in D&D, a lot of the time you get to see the actual like climax of something, like killing a whole cave of goblins or shouting down someone or winning one over on the villain, right? But it's very rare that you pay that same attention in mind to what happens after the fact, right? Like you're injured and recovering or your feelings or emotions are still you know, heightened after this somewhat traumatic or impactful event. What does that look like? And that's a really cool thing to delve into, but I don't think D&D covers all that often, at least not in everyone's kind of standard play. I see a lot of discussion about sort of the morality and the ethics of being adventurers in the really, in really hardcore corners of the D&D community. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of discussion about like, are all goblins evil? Mm-hmm. Uh, should we find out before we kill them all? Yep. That kind of thing. Or or other situations that you might be in. And being an adventurer, there would, would result in a lot of trauma and inner conflict and um, personal consequences. And uh, your, you, you watched your party member do something really unexpected and now you're questioning... Like is is how how is my character going to continue traveling with this character? And this is a way to actually answer those questions without just sitting around thinking about, you know, what do I think about goblins? Can goblins mm-hmm. be good? Figure it out in character. You know, talk about it. You touched on something that I think is really interesting to point out. You can almost use these as a band aid in some applications where. Let's say a player makes a choice in the game that a lot of the other players in the group don't agree with, and you have to somehow find a way for everyone to come to terms with it so you can progress the story, because at the end of the day, putting the group on a path forward is more important than a lot of other things. You can use something like this, where if a character is really adamantly against another character's decision, this can be a way for them to sit down and come to terms or explain their side, and you would get natural character development and growth from that and solve a problem that otherwise would have to be hashed out outside of the game or before a game or instead of the game so hand waved away maybe yeah hand waved away a lot of the time i would imagine so another common unwritten rule is not to not for player characters not to use the social skills on each other Mm mm-hmm like persuasion and intimidation and and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. This is something that you can do instead, you know, instead of trying to flip a switch to make the lawful good paladin go along with (laughs) the uh, outlaw plan, convince him, Mm -hmm. have that conversation between sessions, include your DM. So the DM knows what to plan for. (laughs) Yeah. I've found as we've been discussing this, so many other topics that, lead into this or are needed to have a base understanding to kind of accomplish this conversation so perhaps it was a bit ambitious as our first charge into the fray but it it touches on a lot and i think that's why it's interesting to go back and forth on is there's so many different ways to interpret this or to imply this or to consume this if you're you know again one of the players that isn't actively going after this it will certainly lead into other discussions whenever we get more and more of these episodes out and hopefully at least gets people asking questions about the various things we touch on right like if they're coming away from this 
listening experience, not with the the tools to start typing out these long monologues and going back and forth with their DM, at least if they're leaving this going, huh, I wonder if I can, you know, get Timmy to set aside a day and, you know, talk about it or chat about it or write out some quick blurbs or, you know, maybe there is a an avenue that I'm not pursuing or not thinking about or the fallout of a situation that I'm not really dealing with as a character. That's at least useful and i'll take that as a win if people think more about their characters in the game at large and getting a bit more immersed because being immersed as a player does wonders to giving the dm some fuel some excitement to keep going because if you show interest that's all as far as me being a dm that's all that i want to see and this, you know, these whole interludes and write-ups and stuff of that nature is probably the most condensed, like, pure IV in my vein way of being like, I'm interested. I'm loving what I'm seeing and I want more of it. And it helps me get excited to make the next session and to keep the story going. So, if nothing else... I'd take that away from this conversation. And don't be intimidated either. Don't, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to be a great writer you don't have to be a great role player you don't have to have done anything like this before mm -hmm. and they don't have to be novellas you know we're yeah. talking about for us it, it usually ends up being these pretty long form things mm -hmm. because we're mega nerds but there is no reason why it can't be glorified text messaging between I mean, sessions. that's what it started out with us like yeah going back and forth with quick blurbs of how does this work what do you think about this etc Especially, especially for, you know, in the, in the beginning or with somebody that's new to the game mm -hmm. um, or new to this, this kind of narrative focus. Don't, you know, you don't have to have real high expectations for yourself. You don't have to channeling the spirit of J.R.R. Tolkien in order to make this fun. Mm -hmm. uh, just, just, uh, you know, just try it. Just say yes. See what happens. I mean, everything that you pursue in this game should be with the understanding that it brings like fun and enjoyment. I sometimes hate using the term fun because not everything should be fun. It should deepen your understanding or kind of like scratch an itch that you need, right? There are things that are challenging and frustrating that at the time aren't fun, but when you accomplish them, are a lot more meaningful and bring a bit more perspective into your life. Again, this is a game, so it's a little bit high horse to say like it does all these glorious things. That's, again, probably another discussion. Uh, one of the minor things we didn't really talk about is how you can effectively use it to take situations that in the game would waste time or not be handled correctly in the game and have it in a like a bubble where you can control that aspect and also make game time more group orientated versus like an individual moment. I feel like, uh, again, the, the thing that we're going to link the story we're going to link is another mm -hmm. great example. Mm -hmm. If I, if I stopped our session on a, mm -hmm. on a Sunday night, halfway through mm -hmm. and looked into this camera and said, Valoran's going to a brothel chaos would ensue and mm -hmm. my my int my intentions you know his 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 thinking what he's going through as a character in that moment why he's doing it would all go out the window mm -hmm. 
and the session would devolve uh, inevitably into... Some... I want to be a snake. I want to sneak in. What is he doing? You know, there's the woman hot that he's yeah. with. You know, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I'm going to go too. And yeah. yeah. That, all that kind of stuff. And I knew, mm -hmm. I knew why he was going and I knew that he didn't want anybody else to go with him. He didn't mm -hmm. want anybody else to know he was going. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not a great thing to, to do in session to monopolize the DM mm -hmm. and, and, take something that you know is going to take a while and say, you guys are not coming. You're left out. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll, because I have a tone that I'm going for <laughs> and I know that's the only way I can get it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I knew the only way to do it was in between session and then share we could share the results afterward. Unless you have the perfect group it is near impossible to have the sole focus on one character and keeping the entire party or the entire group interested in what's going on. There are times you can manage that when, you know, a big giant story beats kind of coming to a head. But there are so many like horror stories that I've heard and games that I've been involved in where one person, again, is monopolizing not only the DM's time, but the game's time, which... To some of the other players might be a lot more precious than this person's you know kind of dicking about that they want to do so this is a really easy way to separate that out and to allow that player to get indulgent in whatever they want to do but keeping the game focused on the group this is probably another thing that we could talk about again but doing like shopping and various upkeep kind of related stuff is way more useful to keep in the background or outside of session versus in session. If you spend hours bartering with some kobold over a magical artifact that you never actually end up buying, you are literally just throwing game time out the window. There's no benefit to the story. There's no progression being made. I'm sure the other players are sitting there bored and kind of frustrated. So, yes, this is a, a very good tool, not only in a narrative sense or a write-up sense or having these whole little stories written out, but keeping the game focused on the group and flowing and using the game time to the best of your ability while at the table. And it's an outlet mm -hmm. for embracing main character syndrome mm -hmm. and, and getting that maybe out of your system uh, in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, there may be never actually looked up what, the accepted definition of main character syndrome is I'm just operating off of context clues, mm -hmm. but it lets a, it lets a player be the main character guilt-free without disrupting the larger game. Mm -hmm. um, and in a way that can be managed and still additive to the overall campaign. So to attempt to actually bring this conversation to some sort of conclusion, being the player uh, of this dialogue and being more of that perspective, what would be maybe your top three things that you would recommend or advise or pass on to a player interested in including this or struggling to include this? Uh, first thing that pops into my head is to 
think about who your character actually is. This is a good time to, especially if you haven't before, this is how you can start thinking about their personality, their their wants, their likes, their dislikes, their motivations, um, the stuff that goes beyond their stats. A short, great shortcut would be to find one of the many uh, character development questionnaires that people have written on D&D forums and shared uh, and answer those for yourself. So go into it with some sense of who your character is and then you can continue to develop it um, this way and have an idea uh, other than ideally other than we are going out for drinks mm-hmm. um, or we're around the campfire for breakfast again. Uh, those are perfectly good settings, but if you think about it again in a literary sense or in like a, if you think about your favorite movies or TV shows, the scene in the bar is not about drinking. Mm-hmm. It There's something else happening in that dialogue between the characters or within the character. Uh, so try to have some sense of what that might be before you get started or else it's going to be a lot of tedium. It's almost like if uh, Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker sat down with Han Solo and Chewbacca and for the rest of the movie, they just shot the shit and had drinks and told stories and actually didn't do anything or agree to anything. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. This isn't, uh, you're still trying to, it's not just D and D reality TV, mm-hmm. uh, which reality TV isn't even reality TV, but never <laughs> mind. Yeah. Um, have an idea, uh, maybe not necessarily a goal that might be too strong of a word, but a direction mm-hmm. that you want to go in direction. Uh, so that term, uh, that's two, uh, and three have, uh, have some, have some commitment. Uh, when you, uh, I, if you detected a note of sarcasm in my voice earlier when I was complaining about people who talk about being busy adults and I just don't have time, I think that you choose things that matter to you and you, you do them or you don't. And I I think nine times out of 10, what that person is saying is not, Oh, I'm just so busy. What they're actually saying, the subtext is D&D with you guys isn't actually that important to me. Watching football or grilling hamburgers or going shopping is more important to me than D&D. I one of my one of my primary hobbies has bumped this one this mm-hmm. week. If you know that you are going to have the week from hell, uh, maybe put it on the back burner, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't need to start it this week, but once you do start it, it's best if you can commit to keeping it moving, keeping that ball rolling, uh, because you don't want to still be working on something that happened last year in game time, and, and now it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um. So, have have some sense of like i'm going to i'm going to look in on this every night between now and the next session just to see if it's time for me to add something 
and and just be considerate of people's time and effort. I will put as a little addendum to your, uh, I guess, declaration there. My mini it's, rant. Yeah, it's not bad to have other hobbies that take priority over D and D. I think where the issue lies is you as a person have to understand where your commitments are, and you have to also understand the seriousness or the level of energy of the person you are dealing with. And if you know that it's not going to match up or that you're going one way is going to disappoint the other, you have to know that and understand that. And if you can work around it, great. But if it's going to become a point of friction, then it's best to just not put that out there to just understand that it isn't going to work and keep moving forward. Yeah, the the the, the point is not to put down people mm-hmm. for having other hobbies. It's be honest with yourself, be honest with your group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finish what you start. That is how you should approach any sort of advice, and particularly this, I guess, talking segment, is only go after it if it's fun, if it brings you more understanding or joy, if it adds to the game, if it adds to the group's enjoyment. That should be kind of the filter you put everything through before trying to apply it. And if it doesn't work and it's not fun and you're finding that it's just more of a headache or a hassle or frustrating than helpful, then you don't need it. Going going back through this, I'll have to note like the other 10 episodes that we just <laughs> pitched, yeah. uh, which I knew was going to happen. Or if there is a viewing audience still listening, comment down below what you would like for us to discuss next week. But I guess that will bring the uh, the first episode of Natural 2 to a conclusion. Are there any departing words you have for our viewing audience, sir? If you clicked on this, thanks. Uh, if you are one of the people that have already been following Asmelia's Adventures, thank you. Share this with other people you know that like D&D. We are putting ourselves out there in a way that is is new. This is not the same as just posting our recorded game sessions. We're we're creating a new commitment to another facet of of how we enjoy our hobby with you, dear viewer. Precisely. Yes, the uh, the five percent of you that are still listening, the channel is full of his millionth adventures, the long term campaign that we are both a part of, and we are also attempting to branch out to other tabletop role playing nerdy. I guess, avenues, map-making discussions, and hopefully after this week's episode, there will be a, a backlog of other topics that we might discuss and converse about. I don't pretend to be a, a D&D genius or having the most experience in the world, but if some of my ramblings can assist in guiding another conversation or at least putting some thoughts in your head, I will take that as a small victory. Oh, why? Well, adios. Until next time. 